And uh, it's going to be the start of something new. He's not capping off what we've been through. But we've had a great, great boot camp. So if, uh, Elena, do you have the old picture, the one that I didn't send you yet? Yeah. If you want to put that one up, I, before we get to our scripture, I want to remind you, these are what God has led us to. I preached several weeks ago now for surrender. I preached on submission, on sight, sound, salt, sacrifice. Last week, we talked about being in sync. And, uh, I'll be honest with you, the first two or three weeks, I didn't really know what God was doing, but he kept giving me these S-words. And uh, so, like some of you, I've been trying to guess what S-words God was going to give me. And there's so many out there, uh, and I don't know why he used the letter S, I don't know that there's any special meaning other than I'm a Sanders. Um, <laughs> So I don't know if there's any special meaning for the letter S or not, but uh, this is kind of how it has progressed. And you'll see that we have two blocks to fill, one today and one next week. And I have been going through about 10 different S words, trying to get the clarity of what God wants to do because, you know, I thought, well, spirit should be there. And then I thought stewardship should be there, not just financial, but stewardship of gifts and opportunities. And that should be there. And those could all be there, but they're not there. And, uh, and, and so today we're going to do something uh, with, with what has already been sung about. And uh, again, if you're new to our church, my wife and I don't talk about the service. I don't know what she's singing. She doesn't know what I'm preaching. We do that on purpose because we trust in the leading of the Spirit. And you're going to hear some words that have already been sung in my message today. John chapter 20. I want to just read a few verses here, and then I want to encourage you to be here next week. I know it's a holiday weekend. I know it's in Minnesota. It's the last official summer kickoff or ending or whatever it's called. Um, but uh, we're going to do something very special that we want you to be a part of in the service next week, part of the closing out of... Uh, our boot camp and getting us ready for the following week. I just have to tell you that I didn't even think about it until a couple weeks into this, that God has given us nine weeks. And if you believe in the fact that numbers mean things in Scripture, and I believe that they do to a great extent, but the number nine is known to be a number of divine completion. So I believe that next week he's going to complete this thing and kick off something brand new the following week, and I'm excited for it. So John chapter 20, I'm reading from verse 24, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails and put my fingers into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. And he said to Thomas, Reach thither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach into thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. 
And I want to, with the help of the Lord today, share with you this next letter S, and that is the word scar. Scars. And the title of my message is Scars for Sanctification. Scars for Sanctification. Now, I don't know about you, but I just want you to all know that every single person here has some scars. It doesn't matter your background, where you've been, what you've done, we've all got some scars. Some of our scars are physical, some are emotional, some are mental, some are spiritual. But we've all got scars somewhere in our life. And uh, I've got two right here on my hand. It's because back about, oh, I don't know, it's almost been 20 years probably, I was power washing our deck in Kansas City. Decided I'd see how cool the water was. It didn't work very well. And, uh, and, and so I've got these two scars here. I, don't, I can't feel anything. You can just see them. And I know what they're from. And uh, as I began to do some study upon the concept of scarring, I don't know about you, but, or I don't know if you know this, but this is a huge medical field, the concept of a scar. It blew my mind. I put it into the old Google machine, and it spit out all kinds of stuff. And uh, so as I began to dig a little bit deeper last night about what scars were and how they form and all those kinds of things, and I'm not going to get into all of that, but here's what I want you, there was one statement that popped off of the screen to me last night as I was reading, and it was this, scars are simply a sign of healing. Scars are simply a sign of healing. I've come to tell somebody today, don't mistake your wounds and your scars. Some of you have downplayed your scars. You've hidden from your scars. You've covered up your scars. You've, you, you've buried them beneath the rubble of your life because you're ashamed of your scars. Listen, my friend, your scars are your testimony. Your scars are to remind you where you've been healed. Your scars are something that God has designed in the natural, spiritual, and emotional level to give you a, a place to remember what God has done for you. Don't get caught in, in, in recognizing the wound uh, of a scar. And don't uh, confuse the scab with the scar. The scab is there to help heal, but the scab will go away. The scar will remain there, and the scar will be there to tell you you have been made whole. Uh, some of you got to grab a hold of this because some of you have been looking at your scars because of all the hurts and the pains and the decisions and the mess that you fell into and all the times that you broke this and broke that and fell into this and you walked into the house of the Lord and you're excited about serving God, but you can't look past your scars. I'm here to tell you, if they are truly scars, they are victory announcements. And if they are not scars yet, God is here to bind them up and heal them so that they become a scar. So it's interesting to me that the medical field looks at scars and they will tell you that there are three phases of scars. 
And, uh, you, you know, God is, God's so ahead of us. You know, he, he put into place the process of scarring before the doctors knew what scarring was. And now we're reading and there's three. And so these medical doctors think that they're just basically dealing with the body and, and the scars that we carry. And, and when you look at these three levels or phases of scarring, it's amazing how much it lines up to how God works in us. And so I want to share those with you today because the first phase is the inflammatory stage. In the inflammatory stage, if you twist an ankle, if you break a bone, if you cut your skin, the first phase of, of scarring is what's called the inflammatory stage. Uh, cut yourself and see how good it goes. You gotta, you gotta, or twist an ankle and see how easy it is to walk. And, and especially if you wore a boot and you take the boot off, see what happens when it inflames. That, that's the beginning of the scarring. You see, God does that so that our bodies would register pain, so that the pain would trigger something in our bodies to trigger that which is in us to begin to heal. Somebody needs to understand that you may be in that inflammatory phase of your scarring. You may have some open wounds, some open hurts, some open pains. Don't go, don't shy away from that. Begin to embrace it because it's the beginning of your healing. It's the beginning of your miracle. It's the beginning of you stepping forth into that which is whole. The inflammatory stage. I, I remember it's been about, well, it's been 12 years uh, because I had just started at Ameripride and uh, I thought I'd be real bright and I was still fairly young back then. And I took a step off of a a truck with three rugs on my three or four rugs on my shoulder, and I thought, "Oh, this would be easy. It's only two or three feet down from the bumper." Well, there was not one piece of level concrete, and so I had just worked one night, and I ripped my ankle so bad, and uh, I worked the rest of the evening. But when I got home and took my shoe off, uh, there was no return, and uh, I was out for several weeks. Some of you may have even remembered I walked around with a boot and all that kind of thing. But in the moment that that hurt, that inflammation and pain comes in. And it bothers us, it hurts us, it burns. It, it, it touches us in ways that we don't want to be touched because you just, I can remember my wife getting ready to, don't you dare touch that. <laughs> Here's the problem. There's too many people that are staying in the inflammatory stage. And they're not letting their wound heal. And they're not letting their wound get to the place where the scarring can actually take hold. And so they open the wounds over and over. How many know people that are just kind of up and down with God or, or up and down with emotions or in and out and all kinds of things? A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, it's because they haven't figured out how to get out of the inflammatory stage of your scarring. You're dwelling with this, the inflammation, the swelling on your foot and, or your ankle or wherever you hurt. Listen, it happens in the spirit or in the emotions as well. You get that pain or you get that hurt and it swells inside of you to where you can't hardly stand it. It hurts so bad. Can I tell you that that's on purpose? 
Can I tell somebody today that that hurt and that agony is not from the person that caused you the injury, has not been caused by the person that wounded you, but it's been placed there by God so that you know that something has damaged you and now you are on a journey to healing. If you didn't know that there wasn't any pain, you wouldn't know that something is good or not. If you didn't feel the, the heat of the flames of fire, you would do what I did when I was nine years old and keep putting your finger on the cigarette lighter in the car. I did it once and never again. Because it hurts. Some of you are laughing. Or, some of you are laughing because you've done similar things. So pain and agony and wounds are not of the enemy. They are of our master and savior. Can I tell you part of the reason why I can trust in Jesus is because I've seen his scars. I've seen where he's been injured. I've seen where he's been rejected. I've seen where he's been put down by men. I stand with Thomas today because I can picture this nail-scarred hands, the nail-scarred feet. I can picture the, the, the scars from the crown of thorns on his head. And the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. Now, when I've always read that, by his stripes, I've always thought of, it's always come to my mind, when the, the whip hits Jesus' back and it creates the stripe. But can I tell you that it goes beyond the blood that was shed. But somewhere along the line, those stripes turn into scars. And when we look at the back of Jesus today, what you are seeing is everything was taken care of for all disease and sickness and pain. His healing is in his scars. And his healing is in his scars so that you know today that the healing is in your scars. These two little scars that I have here, they're nothing compared to scars of my spirit or emotion. But I can just tell you this, they don't hurt whatsoever. It's just a reminder that I tore some skin off at one time, but God healed it. And now I have a testimony to the healing power of God. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. You're right, I don't. You want to know what? You don't know my scars either. You don't know what we've given up as a couple, as individuals. And I'm not saying that to put a pity party out there because I'm blessed from where I'm at. But if you saw some of the places that we've lived, my mother-in-law has seen it. The sacrifices that we've made, the cars that we've driven, the lifestyle that we've lived to get to where we're at today. God has healed us, and we've got some scars from things that people did. We've got some scars that the enemy did. We've got some scars that life did. But that's why I can stand here confidently today, because they're not wounds anymore. They're not open sores anymore. But I have been healed by the power of God, and all I have now is some scars. The second phase of scarring is what they call proliferation. It, it's really just a stage where new tissue forms. New tissue forms. Think of it. That's new tissue. Can I just tell you 
that some of the things that you have done and committed in your life that has left you scarred, when the wound was open and God has begun to heal you, he hasn't healed you with old stuff. He's healed you with the new body of Christ. He has healed you by the stripes upon his back. He has planted in you a new tissue so that as where your, your wound was, where your hurt was, it's being bound up and it's being replaced with new tissue. It's the reason, or one of the reasons, why God challenges us to walk in the newness of his mercy every morning. Because he has put it into process that when we are hurt, he has given us the ability to be healed. And when we are healed, he puts something new in us. Let me put it to you this way. God doesn't repair us. He restores us. My uncle was a body mechanic for vehicles back in, well, it was in the 80s. Does that help? My wife's been telling me for three weeks, get a hanky. My uncle was a, a, a body mechanic for cars. And he worked for Merritt Chev for several years, and then he rebuilt cars in my mom and dad's garage when I was a kid. So they were at our house just about every evening. And I have seen him turn Monte Carlos and Camaros into the most beautiful. He had, I think it was a 53 Dodge, too, that he redid. It was just gorgeous. But can I tell you something? When he rebuilt those vehicles, he didn't just beat out all the dents and hide all the, 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 the mistakes. He had to order parts. Order new parts to replace some of the old parts. My, my dad, and, and this probably, well, I know it applies to Jim, this applies to some of us, my dad had new parts put in. My dad was 6'4". When he played hockey, by the time I was about 25 years old, he was about six foot. Because I, I remember I thought my dad was just huge when I was growing up. And then when I got a little bit bigger, and I'm not real tall myself, and I started looking him almost eyeball to eyeball, I thought he was really something. Until he got his knees replaced. <laughs> and they took out those old knees and they put the new knees in, and overnight he was 6'4 again. <laughs> Because of his hockey, his knees had deteriorated and, and just kept going down and down and down until it was bone on bone. And so they said, let's get these out. Let's put some new stuff in. Can I just tell somebody today, you've been walking with a limp. Your knees have been painful. It's time for God to just take put some new tissue in there. It's time for the great physician to perform a surgery in you. To take out the old and put in something new. Something more powerful. Listen, if I could have all of what Jesus has for me, I would give up all of what I have for myself and I would say, give it to me, Lord. Some of you are walking around and you've been hiding your scars because you think that's the old hurt. That's that old abuse. That's that, and it's tearing at you. Can I just tell you, when God heals you, he doesn't put you back 
the way you were, he rebuilds you brand new. Can I tell you, it's why we don't have a recovery ministry in this church. We have a restoration ministry. Because I don't have the desire for God just to put back that which was old and realign it again. I wanted God to replace and fix and change and put that which is new into that which was old. Because God wants to restore us. But in the midst of our restoration, we're going to know he restored us because we're going to have some scars. The third phase, I like this one. It's called the remodeling phase. And, and, and here's what happens. As the scar dries up, and all you have left is the outward expression of what's going on inside your hurt. Your scar begins to form a new thing. And, and I just shared that with you, but the thing about it is, when that new thing is there, it's there for a reason. It's there for you to be used in a fashion that was not to be used before. Let me just tell you, when you come out of something and you have wounds in your life, and Jesus begins to heal you and make some scars in your life. He doesn't do that just so that you can pat yourself on the back and say you've been this for so long. He does it because he's getting ready to use you for his glory. He's getting ready to use you in a way that you've He's remodeling you and forming you and placing you in a position that God can use. Can I just tell you? All of the scars of my life. At the time, I was irritated. At the time, I was frustrated. At the time, I dreamed bigger. But can I just tell you, looking back at the scars of my life, they are the exact thing that got me to where I am today. It's the exact thing that made me who I am. I'm better today than I was then because I went through some hurts and I went through some scarring and he's remodeled me. See, some of you are like an old house. You're not bad. You're just a little run down. You're just a little worn out. You've still got 1970 wallpaper. <laughs> Tell I've watched HTV. <laughs> it's amazing to me. I, I, I'm just you pick any one of their shows, and you go and you watch the before pictures to the after pictures. And some of those before before pictures, I'm like, just level it and start over. <laughs> and sometimes they do, but most often. They change it, they restore it, they bring in new wood, they bring in new flooring, they bring in new cabinets, and by the time the show is over, you've got a house that's just absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Can, can I just tell you 
that in a lot of those cases, those houses got that way, not because somebody abused the house, but they just got tired. They just kind of got out of date. They just kind of got comfortable. Are you hearing some of the words that Trish already used today? There's times where you're not wrong. You still love Jesus. Jesus still loves you. You're still a part of the body. You're still in the kingdom. You're still doing what God has wanted you to do. It's just the fact that you've gotten outdated. outdated. You're still looking back on former victories and expecting your present victories to be equal to that which you've already come through. Can I just tell you the way he brought you out 15 years ago is not the way he's going to bring you forth today. The way he healed you 15 years ago is not the way he's going to remodel you today. You've been read that you need to change some of the wallpaper. You might need to take down some of the, the sheetrock and replace some of the ceiling and maybe even get rid of the leaks that are in the roof. But somewhere along the line, your great construction manager named Jesus is walking into your life and he's saying, I'm here to do it. Just let me take care of it. Why are scars important to unlock us into a new dimension? I'll tell you why. It's because too long, scars have been a negative thing in our lives instead of a positive. Can I just tell you that I'm thankful that God has fulfilled the message I preached right out there about six months or so before we entered, well, it was before that, about a year before we entered this building. Some of you might even remember the message the message was, it's getting ready to get messy. It's getting ready to get messy. And I wasn't talking simply about construction. But can I just tell you, I am so grateful for all you messy people. Because if all we had in this church were children that were raised on a pew, that heard Bible story after Bible story after Bible story. By the time those people oftentimes get to my age, they think they know everything. And they are not pliable in the presence of God. And they have become stiff to the presence of God. And it's either done the way we did it in 1970 or it's not going to get done at all. And I'm not talking about changing the doctrine. I'm not talking about changing the spirit. I'm talking about changing the viewpoint. I'm talking about changing the method. The way we did it in 1975 when I was a five-year-old is not going to cut it for the generation of today. I'll tell you why. Because if I pulled out a felt board in Sunday school today, those kids would look at me like I was absolutely nuts. Some of you adults are wondering what a felt board is. <laughs> there are pieces of felt characters, and the teacher would get them all set up on this felt board and start telling the story. But then when the story started shifting, we had to take a pause so she could take all the things down and put all the new ones back up. It was the slowest way to teach in the history of mankind. <laughs> And now we're asking our five-year-olds to show us how to use the phone. We've got to change. 
We've got to stay ahead of the game. We can't get bogged down and run down and leave the old wallpaper up because it's easier to leave it up than it is to replace it. We've got to look and say, God, let me see the scars. Let me see the changes. God, I'm looking back. I see when I was rejected by friends. I see when I was rejected by mentors and leaders and family members. And God, I remember the pain of that moment, the wound that it caused in my spirit. But God, I didn't even realize how you were healing me. But now I look and all I see is a scar. And the scar lets me know that you have remodeled me. I'm not who I was 15 years ago. And I'm not who I will be 15 years from now, should the Lord tarry. I am who Jesus says I am. And Jesus says that I am a work in progress. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. I know that's talking about some other things, but it's also talking about the way that we're fit, a building fitly framed together. He takes little by little, and there's no person that's less important or more important than the other because we all fit into the body of Christ in some way, and your scars become my scars, and my scars become your scars. Not to look at one another and say, how messed up are you? But to look and say, you've been healed by Jesus. Now, I'm just about finished. And you're wondering, how does this have anything to do with sanctification? I'll get there in just a second. But I need to give you a couple other things about massage. Because I remember when I messed my ankle up. I was so mad at the doctor. It just happened last year with my fingers. Uh, some of you remember, I cut, just about cut these two fingers off. And I'm thinking, first of all, I screamed down the, the basement to Owen to come and get me. I said, bring a towel with you because I didn't want to. I had just got my new floors done. I wasn't getting blood in the house. And so he comes running with a brand new white towel. <laughs> and so we wrap that thing up. And, 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 and he's almost, I mean, I only live like two blocks from the hospital. But we made it there in about two seconds. And uh, and the, the thing that was irritating to a certain extent is I think we sat in the emergency room waiting area for five hours. Four, four and a half, five, and we weren't the only one. There was another one that was there. Never mind, I won't even get into it. Uh, but anyhow, finally we get, it's calmed down. My fingers are kind of numb because they've been held still and they've had the towel wrapped around them. And so we get to the back room and she takes the towel off. And what does she begin to do but to take a stupid instrument and start peeling the skin and moving the finger? Does this hurt? Yes, it hurts! I mean, she's, she's getting in. She's like, well, i got to get in there to clean. I said, well, you've got to do something different. Or you're going to see a big man cry. And she goes, okay, well, we'll get these numbed up. I've got to tell you, the numbing was more painful than the fingers. Put that Novocaine in there. 
And then, then I didn't feel anything. And then I sat and I actually watched her clean it out and scrub. I mean, she wasn't gentle at all. Just got scrubbing and got it clean. I didn't feel a thing. And, and, and so all of a sudden, it's now been maybe three and a half hours later. And the doctor's getting ready to come back in to figure out what to do and how to, to mend it up. Mind you, it's been three and a half hours. And she pulls out. She goes, well, this is, this is, we can't just use normal stitches. So we've got to use the kind that get pulled back. I don't know what they're made of, but they're not pleasant. And the needle is not small. And she goes, she starts putting it on there. And I just yelped. She goes, oh, does that hurt? I wanted to say, oh, I did, but I want to say, well, no, I just like yelping. She, she says, oh, she said, well, they never put Novocaine on this third finger. So she goes, oh, well, I'll just give you some more Novocaine. So she went back and she put a little bit more in those and that hurt. And then she peeled back the finger and put the needle right in the sore. So you know, we easy. <laughs> And then she sewed it all up. And she put these splints on them. And she says, now, go in a week to see the whatever surgeon that would take care of it. And so I go to his office, and he takes the splint off, and she starts cleaning it again, this time with no Novocaine. And she's saying, does it hurt? I say, oh, yeah, kind of, sort of, yeah. I said all that to say this. I have two marks right here, and that's all I've got left. The scars of the healing of God. Yeah, you may say, well, it's because they put it back together. Well, yeah, God used them. But here's the thing that I have noticed, and I noticed a long time ago, if you ever sprain your ankle, the doctor's going to send you somewhere right after you've met them. They're going to say, okay, now you need to go to PT tomorrow. And your ankle is still going to be swollen and painful, but you're going to start doing some things in order to get it to work. Well, I found out last night why they do that. There's four things that they do. Number one, they start massaging the scar tissue because, the, because if uh, scar tissue builds up, it causes stiff muscles and strength. I have found I have to constantly exercise or these two fingers don't close anymore. It gets real stiff, so I've got to break up some of the scar tissue so that I can make a fist, so that I can lift things. Can I just tell you, some of you have scars, but you haven't exercised the scars. And the scar tissue, that new scar tissue that God has put in, has built up and it's made you stiff and sore so that when you begin to move in God, it hurts a little bit to move in God. It, it, you, you're wary of it. You're noticing. Listen, my friend, God is wanting us to exercise it so that when he says jump, we jump. When he says pull off to the side of the road and bless that neighbor, we pull off to the side of the road without hesitation. All it is is our scar tissue needs to be moved. Listen, they can't argue with your testimony. I've had people try to tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about because I've experienced it. You can't tell me Jesus isn't real. They work your scar tissue right away because it, it, it helps to improve blood flow. Can I just tell you that the blood of Jesus 
is trying to get to places in you that you cannot even imagine. But you have become stiffened to the healing power of God. And you have ignored the healing because in your mind a scar was a negative thing. A scar was something that you looked down on. So the scar reminded you of a former life where you were struggling, where you were fighting, where you were abused, where you were abandoned, where you were left all alone, where you were hoping up before mankind and all of your pain and suffering was there. And now you look back on that scar as something that is negative you, that, that is something that makes you less than who you think you are, that you, it makes you think that you're less than what God wants. My friend, God loves scars. And when he sees that scar, until you begin to move in it, the blood can't flow. But the minute you begin to move, to move in your newness, God's blood begins to flow through you like never before. Have you ever wondered why when Simon Peter walked down the street, his shadow overpassing them healed people? Talk about a man of scars. Big mouth Simon. He, had, he, he, he ate his feet more than anybody I've ever seen in Scripture. But he learned to work out his scars. It helps regain feeling and decreases numbness and soreness. Can I tell you why some people come to a service like this and they can't sense the presence of God? They sit there and it's going all around them. And it's deep and it's powerful and it's anointed, but they sit there and they can't seem to just feel it. And sometimes you and I go through seasons where it's like I've shared with you a season in college where I thought I was absolutely a reprobate because I hadn't felt God in so long. But can I just tell you, as you move the scarring tissue, it helps you to become more sensitive. Here's what I want to tell somebody. You who were abused, you who were addicted, you who were abandoned, you who were raised on a pew of a church, it doesn't matter your background. Your scars need to be uh, uh, exercised. They need to be moved so that you begin to get feeling back. Can I just tell you what happens to most of us when we're hurt or we're injured? We build a wall 10 feet tall. 20 feet thick. Nobody's going to, I'm not going to be vulnerable to anybody. Can I just tell you when you do that, you are closing yourself off from Jesus himself because Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to force his way in. But when you begin to look at your scars as a healing of God and you begin to exercise them and move in them, all of a sudden you'll get feeling back. It's been a year, I'm still getting feeling back. But I have feeling in my fingertips, and the doctor wasn't sure if I ever would. Because every morning, I'm just messing Can I just tell you, it's the reason why we have shared with you, just practice what God wants you to do. And then the last thing that massaging scars does it increases your range of movement. Some of us are so narrow-minded. Not narrow-minded in thought. Narrow-minded in perspective. I could never do this. I could never teach a class. 
I could never get in front of people. I could never sing a song. I could never learn an instrument. I could never write a poem. I could never write a story. Can I just tell you, you don't know what you can and can't do until you try it. And some of it will come in phases and some of it will come in seasons. I, I, my wife, and you may even be shocked with this, but when I was in college, I wrote poetry all the time. Laughing at. <laughs> I even wrote a couple for her. And is it because I enjoyed it? Because I thought, no, I just tried it. Because I expanded my horizons. Some of you think that you've got so much junk in your past that God can't use it. Uh huh. I silenced that today. You bear the marks of Jesus Christ and the scars that he has allowed in your life has made you the perfect candidate to do what he wants you to do. The kingdom mentality that we're getting ready to step into, it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. And I close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. I, I want to just stop there for a second. The kingdom of God is not simply talking about heaven. Jesus told us to pray the kingdom of God here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're getting ready to step into the kingdom. The kingdom of God is going to, it's going to blow our minds. But the unrighteous shall not inherit. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor uh, effeminate, nor abusers of themselves or mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Can I tell you what your scars tell you? Your scars tell you that you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. The scars tell you that you've been healed by His hand. Your scars tell you that you are free to be clean. That you are free to go where you need to go in Him. That there are no limitations to the tabernacle of God because you have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. You have been sanctified. I, I've got to tell you, the scars that lead to sanctification, your scars should do one of two things. Well, it should do two things. It should tell you, I never want to go back that way. And boy, do I want to go that way. I don't want to look at my past any longer. I don't want to look at the junk that's happened. That's been healed. And because that scar is there, I can turn 180 and say, I'm chasing after you. That's what sanctification ultimately is. It, it, the, the theological fancy terms are separated unto God. Or to be made holy. Or to be made like in his image. 
Too many people think sanctification is just leaving the stuff behind. Uh-uh. It's propelling you towards Him. That's what my scars do. Because I know if I trust in my earthly situations, more wounds are going to come. But He's healed those up. And because He's healed them up, my heart is chasing Him. And you are justified. Justified. Which means this. It's a legal term. And it means you have been declared right. Thank you, Lord. Some of you have been telling yourselves for so long, I'm so messed up. I can't see up from down. I've made too many mistakes. I know of people that have looked at me in the past and said, I've read the Bible. I know what happens when you make mistakes. He comes down from the clouds of heaven with a club and wants to beat you and cast you out. You can't do this, you can't do that. And if you do this, we just read a little bit and they use that and they say, all these things, you can't enter the kingdom of God. I've done all these things. I'll never enter the kingdom. That's not where the story ends. The story ends when we put a knee before Calvary. I invite you to stand. What does this have to do with where we're at? What does this have to do with the boot camp that we've been in? I'll tell you what it does, what it, why it's appropriate. Because what God is sending us into We can't be tied up with our old stuff. Good, bad, or ugly. We can't, we have to look at our scars as something glorious. I'll tell you, I don't have the same testimony as everybody else. I, I know that we have a bunch of former addicts in this church and I say former meaningfully because you aren't addicts anymore unless you're addicted to Jesus I guess you can be an addict that way but you've been born again you've been washed, you've been cleansed, you are a new creature you have been restored by God I don't have that testimony I've never tried drugs, I've never really tried alcohol, I've never tried even nicotine, I've never tried any of those things. I don't say that boastfully. Where your testimony is that he brought you out of that, my testimony is that he kept me from that. It doesn't make me better or worse than you. It doesn't make you better or worse than me. It just means my scars are different than your scars. And so the reason why he brings us all together, rather the reason why you're here and I'm here, is because when somebody from the outside looks at your scars and he looks at my scars, we cover the whole gamut of people that are in the world. We, we cover the whole gamut. You can be the most religious person or you can be the most sinful person. There's really not much difference between either at the foot of the cross. And so somebody's got to walk into a church and sense that there are those that have scars of, uh, of addiction and scars of a past. And, and, and then there's got to be another person that the scars are different because they don't know.
know what that kind of a past is. Listen, and then there's others here in this church that fall somewhere in between all those things. But here's the point, the point, the purpose. Your scars and my scars make up one body of Christ. And when people see that, it's like people walking in here and saying, like Thomas said, I want to see the nail prints in his hands. I want to see the nail prints in his feet. I want to see the hole in his side. And all we can say is, you can see it, but you're going to see it through my scars. He's done so much for me. He's done so much for me. Now this message is designed for you to chew on this week. Because there really isn't a decision right now that needs to be made, which most preaching is to bring people to a decision. I guess the decision is, I'm going to look at it differently. She took care of the, that kind of preaching earlier. But here's what I want us to do. I want you to close your eyes in the presence of the Lord. I want you to identify at least one scar that you have been ashamed of. One scar that you've been trying to hide. One scar that says to you that you were a bad person. A scar that says, my parents didn't even care for me, why would God? That scar that says, I've messed up so many times, how can Jesus even accept me back again? I want you to do one thing here today in your own way between you and God, I'm asking you to recommit yourself to looking at your scars properly. That they are His healing and not just a reminder of your pain. Jesus, I pray for each one right now. There is a heaviness of your spirit in this house. The great physician has walked in. God, you're doing a work that's deep right now. I'm releasing you, Jesus, to go to the depths of who we are. I'm asking you to begin to speak to each person. Identify those scars that they have been trying to hide and be shameful of. And Lord, help them to change their viewpoint of what those scars really mean. Let them, God, sense the victory of the healing of that situation so that when the time comes for you to move them, they're moving towards you fully whole. They have full range of movement. They sense you like never before. Lord, and should you tarry, I'm asking you, God, to bless each one this week with a fresh perspective on who they are every single day, God, when they wake up. Let them look in the mirror and let them see 
the scars of Calvary right on top of their scars.